0: Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders lead leaders. I am your host, Birriat Camps, and today's guest is Lee Truax. Lee, you're the president of FCCI, which is Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. You weren't always in this world. Your earlier ages, so to speak, you were with HP, but you were a senior systems engineer and a senior solutions architect. So the interesting thing for me about knowing a leader like you is you have an incredible background in terms of systems and processes, yet at the same time, you didn't get to be president not of not only of FCCI, but earlier also of CBMC by not really knowing relationships and for sure a leader with your Christian faith, you have somehow beautifully merged being a leader who knows processes, procedures, but also people and discipleship. And then on top of that, I found it fascinating to find out that you were an NFL official stats stadium technician. So I'm actually going to just turn the show over to you because I know people want to hear you, not me. And and also ask you as a leader, what are some of the blind spots you're seeing either about yourself or the marketplace right now, given all the crisis we're facing so, Lee, welcome, and uh, please take over.
1: Thank you, and I'm delighted to be here. And as you mentioned, uh, I've been an NFL stadium technician which is just a fancy word for helping all the official NFL stats of the game get out to uh, various um, websites and sports firms. And, you know, you can imagine fantasy football has taken over many people's lives. So we hit the enter key in the stadium. And uh, each one of those stats populates and is meaningful to your fantasy football team, as well as all the sports broadcasts out there. It's the official NFL stats. Been doing it for 30 years, and I hope to get to do it again this year. If we have a season, and that's the big question, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and you parlay us right into... You know, many questions leaders have right now about what's next. So how are you dealing with this as a leader and, and how's that impacting, you know, both, both what you just mentioned as well as in your organization?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm in a smaller startup position, kind of a restart, if you will. FCCI has been around for over 40 years, but really uh, have taken a hard look in the last couple of years at how do we serve the marketplace? How do we serve people as a marketplace ministry? And collaboration is one of the things that we feel very strongly about. If if you think about the fact that a marketplace ministry is therefore a kingdom work. What should we be doing together to expand uh, the kingdom of God and how do we serve? And sometimes I've found that even Christian ministries get caught up in uh, the fleshly fears and reactions to even the type of environment and circumstances we find ourselves in. And so I guess one of the things that's pretty clear to me, Birgit, is that we need to be even more relational. You know, you started out by saying, A systems guy who's had to learn to be good at relationships and leadership. And that's truly been my path uh, over the last 30 years. So uh, in times like this, I think I've noticed the potential to feel okay for your leadership, but not to think about the fact that you've got others who are equally facing massive changes in the way they do business, uh, in the way they interact, in the way that uh, we minister to people.
0: And uh, you, of course, right now and in your previous positions have dealt with a lot of leaders and you probably hear that they're having to make a lot of adjustments. And then the question is, are they making it out of fear or are they, you know, what are they making those decisions out of? And I know you said that this is a smaller organization, but you yourself also have to make staffing decisions right now. Are there any adjustments you've made or are you continuing, you know, as far as you can tell? What are you dealing with right now yourself, if you can say? So
1: I think you, you bring up a great point. I've seen leaders lead well, and I've seen leaders who've stumbled, and probably the ones that are stumbling the worst right now are the ones who are accentuating or proliferating the fear, uncertainty, and doubt of the hour, right? So we've spent a lot of time saying to leaders in our network and ourselves, how do we minister to, if you will, the head, the heart, and the hands, meaning uh, we can certainly do encouragement. We can go to God's word. We can look at what uh, the stability our relationship with Christ um, provides, and that services the heart. But how do we make good decisions in our in our minds, right? How do we keep our minds focused on what we should be focused on, and how do we take the action steps? Meaning, how does it get out to our hands? And so, that's one of the themes we've been talking about within our team, but also to our our network. And of course, one of the biggest changes that we're all facing right now is this shelter-in-place order. So, how do we become effective workers? and in, in our relationships, even more importantly, how do we maintain those relationships through the remote devices we all find ourselves sitting in front of, whether we're using Zoom calls or something else. Um, and I've been blessed in that this team, Birgit, has been a very remote team. Uh, we have folks in Boston, we have folks in Portland, Oregon, uh, and everywhere else in between. So we we picked up the uh, the mantle of remote working early on and, and have continued in it, but I'm, I can imagine And I've spoken to other leaders who are really trying to figure how can they be productive when everybody's working from home.
0: And I found it also fascinating that you, um, even though, you, like you said, you've already somehow been used to remote model, that you recently had a, I don't know what you particularly call it, but a leadership meeting, which is normally always done, a retreat is always done in person. And yet you had to make a choice as a leader. Do you delay it or do you have it virtually? And these are the types of decisions leaders are making and you chose to proceed. And I know, again, that you mentioned how well it went. Can you, is there anything you want to share?
1: I was so surprised because I was looking forward personally to We picked a retreat location, as you do many times for these type of meetings. And I was looking forward to the in-between space, if you will, the chance to, you know, in the downtime, uh, we were going to do some hikes. We were going to do some team building things. We were going to do, you know, just sharing meals together in a more relaxed setting can be really effective for your leadership team and their relationships. And so I was pretty skeptical. The technology guy looked at the technology and said, can we pull this off? But because of where we are in our planning and as a young team, and, and I even challenged uh, the, the team as we're now able to call at the beginning of the year, I said, we're just a group of individual contributors. And my goal is to get to really being able to claim that we are, in fact, a team rowing together. Uh, and I will say this, my advice to someone who finds himself needing to do those kind of things, we inserted uh, some fun things into the process, things that you might have found corny at first, but they turned out to be incredible uh, relationship builders. And we use some of the technology to get off and pair off two to two and talk about, hey, what's one thing that your teammates wouldn't know about you? And then ask them to basically inter- introduce, again, the team member with that that fun fact or that unique fact. And so I was pleasantly surprised, Birgit. We came out of that all feeling more a team, more together in uh, what we've been called to do. And so pleasantly surprised.
0: I really encourage uh, you, the listener, if you're dealing with teams remotely and trying to keep your culture together. And as Lee just said, instead of individual contributors making, you know, creating a team effort, even virtually, Lee, can they reach out to your organization for that? Or how does it work if someone wants to connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Our website is fcci.org. Um, we have an ability for people to even place a prayer request or connect. We actually have a resource page for COVID-19 resources um, and kind of that approach that I mentioned earlier, ministering to the heart, the head, and the hands in the process. And so that would be one great way. And there's an obviously an in- information requested box on there too, where we can connect directly to you.
0: Very good. And you you are an Christian organization or a nonprofit organization that deals with leaders at all levels and, you know, whether you're male or female, but that's who you support. Is that correct?
1: Yes. So uh, Fellowship of Companies for Christ, we, we emphasize company owners and their unique leadership challenges. I think, you know, you and I have talked about one of the phrases that I continue to use is that isolation is dangerous. Yes. Uh, and many times, especially in this time of crises, uh, leaders try and go it alone, or they feel alone—one uh, or the one or the other—and so I really encourage people to find, you know, your community for support, accountability, and encouragement. Uh, and FCCI is one of the organizations that offers that opportunity to connect and team up, uh, and encourage and equip one another. And you know, even as we're figuring out some of the the paperwork, uh, we've had some webinars on some of the uh, uh, the CARES Act and some of the things that individual companies might be able to do for grants, loans, et cetera, and support. Those are conversations that we're having. And again, it's really powerful to hear what others are doing in the process and, and how they're trusting God through the process as well, which is a unique value proposition that FCCI brings to the conversation.
0: Very good. Well, I think that's priceless support during these times. And and to prove your point, I actually had a call last night from someone who was having a very hard time because they were alone. And as you said, as you said, we're now kind of where we have to stay at home and they have no family to be with and they were having very much of a hard time. And this is a very accomplished person, that isolation factor. So, you know, again, if you, the listener, one of the leaders, you know, definitely feel free to, you know, reach out to Lee's organization. And having said that, Lee, you yourself as, you know, have been a leader in many positions. So, you know, there's times as a leader when you're lonely and when you're, you know, trying to figure things out for yourself. One of the things in the past you would mentioned to me is that you share your own blind spots that you have found about yourself as a leader. And how have you dealt with that? And what have you discovered about yourself?
1: I would say up front to that leader that you just mentioned and other leaders that we have to be even more intentional about connecting right now. And uh, the good news is on the other side of that connection, there are people who are also trying to be more intentional uh, in their connecting with one another. And so I would absolutely encourage those who feel isolated to quickly act on how do they get connected. So that's an important idea. But as you said, um, you know, I don't know that these are uh, blind spots that I was unaware of before the virus, but these are blind spots that have contributed to the challenge of the way that we're having to work and the way that we're leading. And right now, I think, you know, I looked at some of the, the ways that we need to set people up to succeed, even as they're working remotely. And um, as an individual contributor for years in the technology space, uh, as a solution architect and senior systems engineer for HP um, at major companies, you know, it's very easy for us to understand what we need to do and how we need to go do it. And so we'll we'll take our think time and we'll create our plans and we'll go execute. Well, as a leader, we need to empower other people to be able to be successful. And so I also, you know, really thought about the fact that um, resetting the priorities, helping people understand what you as a leader can jointly agree, uh, are those factors for success and the outcomes of activities and so forth. Um, we need to be even more intentional about our communication uh, in that regard. So uh, again, I guess I saw that as my instinct to move forward would be, I'm okay, um, but those that I'm leading might not be. And so how can I clarify how we get there together? And so those are a couple blind spots I need to, from my instinctual kind of move to work on.
0: Well, it's interesting what you just said, too, because uh, some leaders are have the instinct, hey, I think I'm off here. I think something's I need to uh, I know I have maybe a blind spot there, but they may be blind to how deep that blind spot is. And, you know, one one thing that I really respect about you is you're always always looking at where is your blind spot, or how deep is it, or how can you improve yourself? And that certainly takes a lot of humility and commitment to, you know, who you're ultimately serving. Sam, what has surprised you the most about leading others?
1: I think, you know, sometimes we as leaders, we work to communicate ideas very clearly. Um, And I guess for a period of time, and even now I have to remind myself, it's not a once and done So the need for continually casting and recasting the visions and the values of the organization, but also of of your leadership and your expectation of others and their leadership, you know, regularly uh, recasting that vision and uh, reminding. A lot of times I find myself starting a, a sentence by saying, hey, do you remember when? we said such and such, or do you remember when we agreed on this? And, um, you know, you've been really helpful over the years in our communications to talk about the fact of co-creating and some of those ideas where uh, we bring people together for the same purpose and remind them that, you know, we both care about the future and the execution of the mission that we're we're working towards. And so just, you know, bringing that back regularly is something that I, I need to do. And uh, it reminds me Uh, that it really helps people. Inclusion is a word that I stumbled over early in my leadership. I thought, hey, if I create a great plan, everybody will feel like, you know, Lee's leadership is just getting us there. Uh, And I I had to embrace the fact that I'm not an includer, again, by nature or by leadership past. So I've had to work
0: on that. Very good. I think uh, I'm sure that everybody's benefiting from your ability to keep adjusting yourself, too. I, I uh, Like I said, I've always been impressed with how you continue to grow, and it's it, probably what the Christian faith is like, too, right? We're not, you know, I'm Christian once done, although, you know, you can say you're Christian, but it's a day, sometimes an hourly, sometimes a by-minute journey, isn't it?
1: It is. And, you know, I find that uh, level setting that in the morning for me, an early start with a devotional or a prayer time or just kind of a readjustment of, of even, you know, what is it that I can be agile to embrace for this day? What is it that, um, you know, is going to set the right you know, context for getting through this day in a way that honors, honors God, but also honors the people that he's allowed me to steward? The other thing that you taught me, and I want to give you credit for this, because, you know, early on in our conversation, you said, how about your think time? How about your uh, time where you're able to kind of process some of these things? You know, leaders find it very hard to lead from empty. And so we have to spend the time to kind of refill the cup, uh, and I've had to look at leveraging my calendar and specifically putting slots in there. and And now my executive assistant knows how valuable those slots are, and so she'll even protect them to make sure that I have think time. And the other thing that I, I've learned along the way is, and this is really pertinent to the Zoom after Zoom after Zoom that many of our us are experiencing with those low, you know remote work uh, setups, is you got to put transition time. You got to give yourself. So rather than make it a 60 minute meeting, make it a 45 or a 50 minute meeting. Give yourself 10 minutes to kind of center back on what's important and why are we even having these meetings, you know, and how can I lead better in those meetings? So. I would just encourage all leaders out there to be intentional about that, especially in a remote environment where it's so easy to just kind of plaster one meeting over the top of the other.
0: Wow, just that—that's a huge jewel to share, right? Because I—it's funny the the people who seem to work hard seem to work even harder during these times because they're not, you know, they don't have the uh, go to the office and come back and disconnect mentality. And so, I'm actually for the first time starting to see the edges of burnout for a lot of leaders because you know like you said zoom call to zoom call and it's easy to just forget to look at your calendar while you're at home and even when you're in a remote team right uh, under current conditions cuz everybody's remote <laughs> it's and then you and then and then i know in the past you were also involved in international uh, ministries where you know, you would wake up and go to bed. I mean, there's the, the boundaries you have to really get good at setting. So, thank you for, you know, contributing that. And thank you for being the leader you are. And don't
1: feel guilty about it. Mm. Don't feel guilty about that, right, Birgit? Because you're a better leader when you do set aside the time to do that
0: boy that's a, another big jewel i've i've had to learn about uh, you know you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can <laughs> help another <laughs> and uh, many times it's a theory until reality hits but um that's right anyway you've been very generous with sharing you know your own leadership lessons learned and you know i really appreciate the position you took currently and how you chose to share as a leader and and how you're serving people. So I will include in this podcast description again access to your your organization and I will let you wrap up the show for us, Lee.
1: Great. Well, thank you. I just again press on that point of don't be isolated, don't be alone, and don't feel guilty about needing to overdo it. I mean, sometimes we feel good about Zoom back to back to back and we get that self importance. Wow, these meetings can't go on without me. But you refresh would be much more valuable than you exhausted. Well,
0: amen to that one. (laughs) Thank you. And until the next time, I hope to have you back on my show.
1: Thank you. Very good. Pleasure.